Okay, so hello and welcome everyone to the first in a series of four podcasts that we at the old Royal Naval College will be making about our current exhibition, um, Black Greenwich Pensioners. I'm Claire Kirk, Head of Learning, Interpretation and Collections, and I'm here with Steve Martin, um, otherwise known as SI Martin. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, who we were lucky enough to secure as guest curator on this exhibition. Uh, so today we'll be talking about the black mariners who were pensioners at the Greenwich Hospital and what their stories can tell us about the history of this site, um, our local maritime area, Greenwich and Deptford, and indeed the history of this country, really. So uh, welcome, Steve. Oh, well, good morning, Claire. <laughs> Before we start, and I feel like I might have to say this at the beginning of every podcast, yes. but um, the site at the Old Royal Naval College has a long and varied history. It was a Tudor palace and, um, of course, the Naval College in the 19th and 20th centuries. But for 150 years in the middle, the 1700s and the um, first couple of decades of the 1800s, these buildings and grounds were a hospital or more like a retirement home, really, for old or invalided seamen. Um, former members of the British Royal Navy. Um, now, these men came from all over the world. Uh, the Navy recruited from all over the world and the hospital was open to anyone who had served. So this meant that the hospital became, um, in fact, quite a multicultural community, to use sort of modern terminology. Uh, how multicultural was it, Steve, at that time? Well... It's hard to tell, but if we're just to look at the pictorial record, it would look extraordinarily multicultural, mm. um, even by the standards of mid-20th century Greenwich. Um, there is very often a uh, non-white, usually black man amongst a mass of um, uh, white British Greenwich pensioners. So you'd be given to understand that the numbers were fairly high. Mm. Um, but certainly in the records, um, in what little has been sampled, and there's a huge amount yet to find out, we see that there are significant numbers of people from all sorts of origins, but particularly of uh, African origin, peoples mm -hmm. from um, the Caribbean, from uh, West Africa, from North America, um, and uh, from South America as well, interestingly. So they'd have been a very distinct part of the population here. And uh, they'd have been here as a visible minority, but we can't be certain about the numbers yet. Yeah. And is that because, are there um, sort of more black pensioners than other ethnicities because of how um, the Navy worked at that time, how they recruited? Oh, definitely. <laughs> the recruitment yeah. procedures were much more streamlined than they are nowadays or any time since. Um, in terms of black pensioners and black sailors, um, they could be, they could enter the service a number of ways. One through direct enslavement. It has to be remembered that uh, throughout the uh, middle to the um, end, sort of that middle of the 18th century to the end of um, the British um, possessions in North America, that along the Eastern seaboard, um, there was a huge population of enslaved black men who were working on board British ships. Yeah. Um, that was mirrored to a less degree in uh, Bermuda, 
and slightly in Jamaica as well. However, uh, you did have volunteers. Those were people who were on paper free black men who entered the service. And you also had, most interestingly, uh, runaways, people who had run away from enslavement. Uh, you have a lot of examples of that um, in this country, particularly with young people who mm. were running away, and um, particularly on the island of Barbados as well, people mm. who were running away from enslavement, who um, joined the Royal Navy, and if they're skilled enough and able enough, the captain, if they're lucky, will turn a blind eye to any potential reward. And... Uh, sign that person on the ship's books. I mean, excuse my, my ignorance in this area, but can we assume that if um, a black man joined the Navy in um, America or the Caribbean, that they would have been previously enslaved? That's an interesting question, and I'd say not necessarily, mm. but it's more likely than not. At some stage in their life, they would have been enslaved or they might have come from that sort of background, yeah. um, as we believe John Simmons might have done. We are not exactly sure, but we believe that his uh, mother was probably um, enslaved and his father was um, a plantation owner. Mm -hmm. That's the current thinking, according to his descendants. Mm -hmm. um, then you get people like John Thomas of Barbados, who ran away from a plantation and um, signed on as a seaman, mm. as a landsman on a, a British frigate. And um, he was taken on board because he was a carpenter, he had particular skills. Mm. Um, but I think it's what, safe to assume that many of these individuals would have had enslavement in their past. I mean, if we look at the ultimate black seaman of this period, Alauda Equiano, um, Britain's mm. first um, uh, civil rights leader, black civil rights leader, for want of a much better description. He spent most of his career in adulthood as a seafarer, but he had first gone to sea as um, an enslaved servant to um, a naval officer. Yes. So um, there's often that trajectory as well. I mean, it's very, one of the um, things that really surprised um, and shocked me when we were collating the research for this mm. exhibition was um, how varied yeah. everyone's story was mm. and how um, dramatic and even mm. traumatic a lot mm. of these men's backgrounds were, how there was no single route into the Navy. After they left the Navy, they went off mm. in all different directions. Yeah. Which shouldn't really be surprising if we consider that the Royal Navy was the largest employer um, in Great Britain, including all mm. the dockyards. It was the largest single employer of uh, overwhelmingly manpower. And if you extrapolate that to uh, the Atlantic world, it was the largest employer of free black labor. Yes. So uh, <laughs> this is a really strange situation. Mm. Whereas in, on one hand, of course, um, the Royal Navy is protecting this country's sea lanes and its commerce, uh, particularly across the Atlantic, and particularly safeguarding the plantation economies, it's employing uh, men of African origin in large numbers to do this. Yeah. And it's allowing, as you said, there's such a variety of backgrounds and life trajectories, but it's allowing some of these individuals to get, for want of a better word, some sort of a career trajectory. Yeah. You know, you see some of the most extraordinary stories, like, for example, 
Captain John Perkins, who started off life as an enslaved person, who ends up as um, the captain of a frigate with more than 240 overwhelmingly white men under his command, which um, I still find difficult to process. But it happened. And that's... I mean, it's a very interesting thing how, you you know, as you say, on the one hand, it's supporting Mm. the transatlantic slave trade. And then on the other hand, it's turning Mm. a blind eye if slaves board the ship Mm. looking for a a life at sea. Yeah, because the Navy is just um, eminently pragmatic. Right. (laughs) It's completely pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you fit the role, then you're on board. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Navy has a job to do, it does that job. Yes. It, it is just um, systematically just pragmatic and um, unsentimental yeah. um, and ruthlessly. So. Right, yeah, I suppose that has its uh, positives and negatives. Yeah. When um, black men joined the Navy, so the, some of them might have... Um, seen the Navy as an escape from slavery and then once they arrived in the Navy did they face prejudice did they face prejudice when they were here in the hospital we know that in the Navy yes or as we should expect there was prejudice we see mm-hmm. examples of uh, black men being overly beaten being tortured and being bullied that seems to be fairly common yes. however you do see that uh, black men at the same time um, the pragmatic navy allows or needs black men to have some sort of seniority uh, within their structure. So you do see a lot of um, black quartermasters like John Simmons became. Mm. Um, you see a lot of other petty officers, uh, the extreme case of John Simmons, a couple of lieutenants, and up until 1811, um, ships, surgeons and midshipmen as well. So, uh, when it comes to uh, Greenwich, it's harder to determine the degree of, like, bias or Mm. prejudice that they'd have had to deal with here. Mm. Uh, We can sort of get echoes of it from uh, the newspaper reports, which have very sort of comical and uh, stereotypical views of uh, black pensioners, uh, as well as in popular entertainment. Mm. where there are uh, local popular plays, particularly One Tree Hill, Mm. which was at the Greenwich Theatre in 1868, and it featured um, a very stereotypical uh, black Greenwich pensioner as one of the lead characters. Um, Mm. And again, from the newspaper reports, we can see that the black pensioners, though it wasn't exclusive to them, uh, it was was (laughs) characteristically occurring to all... uh, naval personnel and um, Greenwich personnel were subject to um, being ripped off and there were all sorts of thefts occurring around them. Yes. And, um, but it's hard to determine and to state absolutely the nature or degree, quality yes. of racism they underwent. But one area you have been able to mine for research is the, the parish records. Yes. And um, in the exhibition towards the end, we have a, a very beautiful map and mm. um, your research has kind of populated it. And um, we can see from that as a sort of snapshot of the black community within Greenwich and Deptford at the time, um, sort of 17th to yeah. 19th century. Um, 
so looking at that, I wonder if you could sort of tell us a bit more about um, who you found during your research, what kind of jobs they had. Yeah, so we found an extraordinary um, array of uh, black humanity living in uh, Greenwich and Deptford during this period. And it needs to be stated again that, you know, this is very top level uh, sampling. Um, it's a much larger uh, body of work needs to be undertaken to really um, properly populate this part of Kentish London. Mm. Because, of course, given the presence of the docks and um, the uh, hospital here, um, it's a much bigger picture than the one that we have just attempted to outline. But what you do find is um, that, particularly in Deptford, there are a number of people working on the docks. They are working as dock workers, particularly at the Naval Storage Facility at Red House Wharf, mm -hmm. which was, um, amongst other things, one of the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the sugar de depot or the sugar containment site for the Royal Navy right. and there are black men who are working there. Um, you also have um, people who are just listed as mariners, uh -huh. you know, seafarers, we don't know whether merchant or Royal Navy. <clears throat> you see um, a family on Griffin Street, Deptford, which still exists, the Thomases, Anne and John Thomas, who um, are having their child, their daughter christened at St. Paul's Church in 1786. Interestingly, the same year that just down the road at the Royal Docks in Deptford, there are three vessels <laughs> being brought, <laughs> brought alongside to uh, take out um, more than 300 of the black poor from right. uh, London streets. And um, yeah, the interesting sort of uh, divergence between the populations in Deptford and uh, Greenwich is that um, those around Deptford are clearly more, uh, there, there seems to be greater independence and self-motivation. Um, they have, uh, for want of a better words, trades. There's yes. a higher incidence of people with trades. Um, yeah. You also have um, around Greenwich Park, with its grand houses, uh, a set of people, often fairly young, who are living there and working as household servants right. and in various capacities of um, <laughs> freedom, non-freedom. Yes. But yeah, there is that contrast there. But in between all of this, you mm. have this body of uh, Greenwich pensioners, people mm. who would have been known uh, Greenwich was an even smaller place then than it is now. Yes. And um, they would have been a very, very visible minority in this part of Kentish London. And it's yes. just a huge chunk of history which has been overlooked, forgotten, yes. but hopefully brought to life. Well, thank you, Steve. I think um, we are running out of time. Um, just to say that the exhibition Black Greenwich Pensioners will be in the Metzenine Gallery of the Visitor Centre in the Old Royal Naval College here in Greenwich until February the 21st. Um, but please do visit our website before coming to check whether we are open in the, these times and uh, what our opening times are. Thank you very much, Steve, for all your, your knowledge and expertise. My pleasure, Claire. And uh, we'll be speaking again. We certainly will.
Yes, and I think uh, the next podcast in a few weeks um, will be on perhaps writers, perhaps literary mariners, something yes. along those lines. a very, very important subject. Again, with lots of connections to Greenwich and Deptford, just the whole explosion of black literacy and its connection to the Royal Navy and Fantastic. to Greenwich as well. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you.